Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Get Into It with Gila. In today's episode, I interviewed Malky Weingarten. Now, some of you may know her as a from female filmmaker, and I was really excited to get to know her and just share her positive energy on the podcast. I was just so impressed with the fact that she is a from female filmmaker because I've never met I've never met one of those. And also, a side note, you'll hear in the interview, but my sister is an actress, Tamar Garnick, and she was an actress on in one of Malky's videos, and I was blown away. I did not think for a second that this video would be, like, up to par with the outside world, but really it was. And it was, it was incredible. It was moving. I cried. I laughed. And um, I, I love the way Malky just, like, pushes the boundaries of limiting beliefs and just she just got out there and she didn't let her fear be bigger than her so that's something to pay attention to on this interview and if you want more interviews please go to my website www.kilaglassberg.com you can see other interviews like this podcast episodes blog posts and you could also sign up for a free 20-minute consultation to work with me so I hope you enjoy the episode and have a great day Hi everyone and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Okay. Hi, everybody. This is Gila Glassberg, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I have Malky Weingarten. Did I say that right? (laughs) Yes, you did. Malky Weingarten. Okay. And Malky is a from female filmmaker. And um, I wanted to have you on and pick your brain a little bit about how you came to doing this. I mean, as far as I know, not many people do this in your community, right? Assuming. Um, right. There are a few people that do what I do, but they're limited. Um, I know exactly who they are and I can list them, uh, you know, maybe three people, mm-hmm. four people, perhaps five people. Wow. Um, so, um, um, how I started doing what I do? Well, I started out acting on stage. Where? When? Comedy was my um, thing. Mm-hmm. I, I was told that I do a good version of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the expressions and all that. Um, so, we used to perform for tzedakah parties and they would call us and pay us to perform skits on stage um, to make people laugh. And that was the attraction. And that's what got people to come to the party to give their donations. Um, and we were writing our own scripts. 
and they were small little comedies, but it was tough to get it all together on stage because if you needed to make the stage look like a kitchen, it was very hard to do that. Mm -hmm. So it occurred to us, wait a minute, why don't we just film ourselves in a real kitchen? Mm -hmm. And then if we need to, we can just put that scene up on the stage on the screen. So we started requesting that they give us a screen. We filmed ourselves and the scripts got longer. They got bigger. <laughs> um, we started filming ourselves more. And then we said, wait a minute, why don't we just do a full feature movie? No one had done a full feature movie for From Women at that point. There was somebody, a friend of mine actually, that was doing slides, which basically was taking a bunch of pictures. The idea of doing a movie, I guess, was taboo, maybe, because movies, we don't watch movies. Um, so slides was different because it was a bunch of pictures and they would record the actresses speaking and then they would put the pictures to the recording. Um, so what I was doing was new and it was different. There was one other person that had done it before me at about the same time that I started. Um, Dina Perlstein started. I don't know if you heard of Dina Perlstein. She, okay, she's, she's actually based in Israel. Hasid is a woman with a hat on her shaitel mm -hmm. and she does movies too. And she does them based in Israel. Wow. Hers suspense, action. Wow. Um, Mine are different, mine are more, uh, I call them dramedy because it's drama and comedy combined. Yeah. yeah. So how so long that's, ago was that? That's how I started. How long ago was that? Seven, eight years ago. That's my first one. So did did you get pushback in the, in your community for, for doing this or it was, it's accepted? Um, so the thing is that we're Hasidish. My mm -hmm. husband was a Shrimal in Vasazakin. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a little bit out of the box in that I'm not your typical Hasidish woman. Mm -hmm. So, um, my kids are all in Hasidish schools. I would probably have them in Beisak if it was up, if it was up to me, but because I'm fine with Hasidish schools, if they're fine with me, which some of them are not because, and this is what I'm getting to. Some Hasidic schools believe that women shouldn't be on the stage and women should be performing and they don't want the girls to emulate that. Mm -hmm. They feel like women's place is in the home. This is strictly a Hasidic thing, not a from think. Meaning the Vesyakov mentality is not like that at all. Rachel's Place production has many from women on stage that are um, just... They're firm, they're religious, but they believe that if you're performing for women, it's okay. The Hasidic mentality is entirely different because for the same reason they don't think the girls should go to college, um, it's a whole different mentality, right? The Hasidic people believe that the guy is supposed to bring um, the money. And even though he's learning, you learn morning, you learn night, but you make sure you bring the money in so that your wife can be a mother to the children. Mm -hmm. This is a lot largely the Hasidic mentality, even though there are different variations of that. So along with that mentality comes the mentality of a woman shouldn't be on a stage. It's not Sneas. It's not where she belongs. Sneas isn't only dressing the right way. Sneas is just staying modest and, you know, so, um, I hear that mentality. I hear it. Um, I don't 
subscribe to it because I, I personally can't be that. Um, and so it's tough because the schools have this, this thing. And so, yeah, we, I've had some different stuff going on with the schools, but things are all straightened out now and all is good. So you asked about the pushback. That is, that's what it was. So did, did you grow, I'm just curious um, if you're okay to share, did you grow up Hasidish? Yes, I did. But I grew up in Seagate. Mm-hmm. Seagate is a community that has many different versions of from people. There's Litvish, Hasidish, modern, less modern, more modern. My friends were the people on my block and they weren't necessarily Hasidish. So um, even though my 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 father was Hasidish, he was from Israel. He was Israeli and um, wasn't so strict with us. You know, I would roller skate and ride my bike in Seagate. I knew that in Bar Park I could never do that. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. I wasn't brought up like. You know, I went to a Hasidish school, and a lot of my friends from school were Hasidish. But I had different friends, and so that I guess that helped to make me more of a broad-minded, um, you know, approach to, you know, who I am today. So when you started making the films like seven years ago, um, did you go to, like, how did you know, how, did you go to college? How did you know how to do that? Oh, so we hired a crew. Hmm. I didn't go to college to write scripts and I was writing them. I was just plain writing them. So I'm an aerobics instructor too. Oh. and I took many classes mm-hmm. and decided that I'm good enough to teach this. You have a little confidence. You get up there, pull it together. I remember in the beginning when I was giving my aerobics classes, I would write down the moves in advance until I, I was good enough that I didn't have to write them down. I could just remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, after a couple of years, people would ask me if I was certified and I felt silly that I wasn't certified. So I had myself certified. After I had myself certified, no one ever asked me for my certification again. So I never renewed my certification. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the same idea with my filmmaking. I started filmmaking. I just launched into it and did the best that I could. Then I went to college to um, New York Film Academy. It's not college. It's some, um, it's an academy in Manhattan. I went to two, I took two filming courses one at the School of Visual Arts and one at New York Film Academy. Um, And basically I just wanted to know if what I was doing was correct, if the way I was doing things was correct because I was doing them anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found out that some of the things were different but I didn't care. Like we needed to present a script to the instructor and I presented it scripted on a paper. And the guy was laughing. He says, this is a script. You need to type it up. You can't give me a script like this. And I said, but this is how I write my scripts. I actually write them with a pen and paper. And he said, well, you can't do that. You know, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And I said, I don't know. I already did two movies. At that point, I had done two movies. I already did two movies and I did them like this. So there are certain things that we're told that the way I'm doing it is not the way it's typically done in you know, in, in the typical filming world, but um, I learned some new things. Some things are going to make my life easier. And some things I learned that that's the way they do it. But so what? I don't do it that way. And I don't have to do it that way either. At School of Visual Arts, um, the instructor was having, it was going up and down the aisles and asking everybody what brought them here, why they want to learn filmmaking. 
And so I said, well, I did two full feature movies. And at that point, maybe I had done three. I don't remember. And I just want to learn more about what I'm doing to make sure that I'm doing it right and all that. He says, you did two full feature movies. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. (laughs) This is for people that are new to filmmaking. I said, I'm kind of new probably anyway, because I don't know if what I'm doing is the right way. So I don't mind learning more. Um, So basically, there you go. What I say to everybody out there that's watching this, if you want to make a movie, go for it. You don't have to have many, many years of college. Um, People think that you need to be, you know, I think uh, confidence, believing that what you're doing is good. having a strong will, lots of willpower, and you can do it. So, yeah, so um, I guess some of my listeners, like I want to address like the the from female entrepreneurship because that's like a scary world. Definitely, I'm in that world. Um, so I want you to speak a little bit, like you said you hired a crew, like that must have been scary. Like how did you have the confidence to be like, that's money up front, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. Like how did you, you just went for it, you just assumed it would work. Like what were you thinking? Like where do you get this confidence from? Okay, so I I wrote a script um, and I thought it was amazing and people look at it and they said, it's not, it's not great enough to be a movie. Don't waste your time, Alki, it's a lot of money. You may not make your money back. And you don't have that kind of money. And I said, nope, nope, nope. I think my movie is good. I think this is going to be a great movie. I had such full confidence in my movie. And I said, I'm going to do it anyway. So I didn't have any um, backing. For sure, not monetarily. Because the few people that I asked that I thought could help me they were concerned and they were worried that the money wasn't going to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, So I pulled the money together myself. I borrowed, I begged, I got sponsors, I got clients of ice cream to give me a few thousand dollars. I got Zoller's vitamins. I got, just pulled it together somehow. I don't know how. Um, Somewhere halfway through my sister who had thought that this wasn't really good quality to be a movie. she watched the footage that we had filmed and she was like, you know what, Mark, I think I'm going to have to take that back. It's really, really good. I'd like to be a partner. Can I still be a partner? And she became a partner and she helped me with the rest of the monies and the rest of it was easy for me to do. So um, that's, that's, that's the story. I think that if you like what you're doing and you believe what you're doing in terms of being an entrepreneur, um, Go for it. You got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, who, who do you think is believing in you if you, can't, if you don't believe in yourself? You need to strongly believe that what you're doing is going to be amazing and go for it. And there are risks with everything. Nobody ever bought a house or invested in anything being 1,000% sure that there weren't going to be any risks. There are risks all around. But You'll only regret what you didn't do. You won't regret things that you did that didn't work out. I have had things that I've done in my life that didn't work out. They weren't successful. I don't regret any of them. 
because every single one of them made me smarter. Um, I, we had like, there was once a play that we put together thinking it was going to make a lot of money. Um, and we advertised and whatever. It didn't make money. The play itself was successful. Everybody that was there liked it, but it did not make money. We lost money on that. And it was a fantastic, fantastic learning experience for me. I don't for one second regret that I did it, that I did it. I would have regretted if I didn't do it. So that's my message to all the entrepreneurs. I love that. I, I think just to piggyback on that, I, I heard this on a different podcast, the book, um, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. And that's a, that, a book all about what you're talking about. And she has like, um, she has a lot of like drawings in the book. And she says, think about like, your choices as like um, like a triangle, I guess. And there's choice A and choice B, and at the end is like, and all along are goodies, and then one is right choice, the other one is right choice. And she says like, even if it didn't work out, it wasn't successful, the goodies are the things that you learned. And it's it's a really good book, very powerful book, actually, so. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So, um, you're so passionate about like filmmaking and I'm sure you're passionate about the message that the films are, are giving to the world. So, so what is like your goal of the, I know I, I want to talk about your latest film, which I, which I heard, saw on Instagram is about mental health in the film community. But before we talk about that um, film, I would love to hear like, like what's your goal of these films? So my belief is that Hashem gives you talent and wants you to use it for good, to make this world a better place and to make it, to change something. And I strongly believe that I can't waste my time on something that's gonna be solely entertainment. If it's not making a difference and if I'm not leaving people with the message, I'm not wasting my time. I don't got enough time here on this world. On this world, on this world, uh, I did. I did a combination of world and earth. Worth. I got no time on this worth. I like that. For, for um, you know, just creating entertainment. Um, I feel like everything that I put together has to have a message, and unlike my sister, happens to be. I have a sister, Toby Tesler. Who did Sisters? She did a video called Sisters, um, which is comical. Um, and there's no real point to the story, as in there's no lesson, and there's, you know, and she believes, and this is what she believes. I am creating entertainment for our community. No lessons, no Mr. Haskells, mm -hmm. none of that. I am creating entertainment so they can forget about whatever they're going through in their life and just laugh. Mm -hmm. If they want a lesson, they'll go to a share. They'll go to, um, you know, uh, anything else that will give them a spiritual um, lesson or whatever it is. That's not my goal. My goal is to just give them pure entertainment, no lessons involved. She thinks it's cheesy. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, but I, I don't agree with that. And so we just have two different styles of, you know, filmmaking. So um, I'm not sure exactly what your question was, but did, did I address that question? Yeah, you wanted goal, to know. You want to make the world a better place with these films and using the talents that you have, which is, I saw, I saw my sister, you know, Tamar uh, Garnick, she's in one of your films and it was 
you were in the film also and you were hysterical like really i laughed and cried so much during that film so it was incredible incredibly moving um and if anyone wants my sister tomorrow's giving um acting lesson so let me know but anyways um i so i wanted to i don't know much about the film that's coming out or did come out about mental health in the firm community but i would like to know what your thoughts were like what motivated you to create a film about mental health in the firm community so the way I work is that I write my scripts according to what inspires me. And if I feel like, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this. My films become, my film becomes a way to talk about it. So my first movie was about um, a girl with Asperger's. Um, and that was inspired by my son who has Asperger's. Um, the character in the movie is basically my son. Um, and I felt like I wanted the world to know that these are humans out there. They're, they have feelings and they actually feel. Um, and I feel like it did make a difference. I feel, I've had people tell me all the time that, um, you know, their, their approach, their kids came to them and said that since they watched Molly, they fit, they, there was a girl in their class that they thought was like Molly and they're being so nice to her and, and all that. So um, if somebody asked me to write a movie about a specific topic, but it didn't inspire me, I couldn't do it. No matter what they paid me, I couldn't do it because my movies are things that happen around me, happen to me and inspire me. So there were, the reason I'm, I'm choosing mental health is because there are, there are a few people in my life that are suffering from um, mental illness and I feel like they don't have enough people to talk to about it. I feel like it's such a non-topic in our community. Um, and I feel like let's open the discussion. Let's make it not be a secret. Let's make it be an open discussion. I have this dream that one day in our community, we'll be able to, to have a conversation that sounds like this. Hi, what's doing? How's your anxiety doing? Last night, you were telling me that you were really, really anxious. Oh yeah, so I'm trying a new medication. Um, how about you, are you still depressed? No, no, I'm not depressed anymore. I was for, for a while. I'm much better now because I find that if, you, if I do this and this and this, then it really helps my depression. So, um, but my sister, who was also depressed, she had, you know, she's having um, a harder time with it. But I just spoke to my cousin who said that her anxiety led to bipolar, to her being bipolar and, and that, that disorder is really something that she wasn't ready for. Um, and this would be just a regular conversation of regular people, loud on the street, without having to look around, did anybody hear that? So this is my dream. And I feel like if we, if we open it up, we open it up to discussion, then it won't be such a big secret. You know, I strongly believe that the people that are suffering didn't ask for it. They didn't ask for mental illness. No one said, God, I'll take some depression right about now, you know? Um, so, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to speak about it openly. They, sh they shouldn't be able to converse and have discussions about it. Um, 
that's what I feel. We have many organizations for cancer. We have, I, I don't hear talk about, I don't, somehow I'm, I don't feel like there's enough help in our community for people that are suffering. I feel like there's this stigma attached to it um, along the lines of that the person themselves is creating it or the person themselves asked for it or if they would only snap out of it. Really? Why don't you ask someone with cancer to snap out of it? See how well that goes over. So it, it, I was inspired to write about it just recently because a very close friend of mine who was such a dynamite, fantastic um, person, member of society is suffering now and she has nobody to talk to. And um, I believe that her quality of life is uh, different and harder because she's in the film community. I believe that if she wasn't in the film community, she'd be able to talk about it more openly. And if she was able to talk about it more openly, I feel like her problem would be 50% of what it is now. That's what I feel. And I feel like our film community the way we do things and the way we stigmatize things and the way we push things under the carpet is contributing to worsening, um, not just contributing to not helping, but contributing to worsening a lot of, a lot of, of, of our, of, of people's, you know, mental health. Wow. So, so do you think that, I mean, you said this, but do you think that it's really worse in the from community? Like we, why do you think in the from community we're like sweeping things under the rug? Like, do you think it's because of Shadachim? Like, it's all about Shadachim. It's all about Shadachim. Wow. All about Shadachim. Starts and ends there. And um, my movie is about a, a mother who I actually made her to be a principal because I want to show that very dynamic people, very, very big people in the community are suffering and, and they just have to keep it quiet and can't get help because what do you mean I'm the principal? The last thing I need is for people to find out that I'm going for help because whatever. So this principal is a mother of two teenagers and they see that she's suffering and they want, one daughter wants to get her help and the other daughter is in Shadachim and says, no way. The last thing we need is the world to find out about this and I'm never going to get married. And so they're fighting about it. Wow. That sounds, it, when is this movie coming out? I need to see it. Um, I'm actually looking for sponsors to help me produce it. Yeah. Um, if you have any clues or if you have any ideas about specifically I'm imagining organizations or, um, you know, any, anybody that deals with or, um, you know, is into mental health in the community and they'd want to sponsor in exchange for them having the being connected to a movie that's going to go really, really big. Um, it might be a bit controversial. As a matter of fact, I may not be able to allow younger girls to watch it, which is a problem for me because my biggest clientele, my biggest 
you know, viewers. Uh, my, my biggest viewer base is younger kids. Mothers. Why, why wouldn't they be, uh, the mothers wouldn't let them watch it. I'm going to I'm going to have to keep, leave that up to the mothers, but I know that there are some mothers that are not going to um, be okay with it. And if that's the case, then that's fine. I'll make less money, which is which is not some filmmaking has never been about money for me. If it was, I would have stopped a long time ago because it's not really lucrative in that in that in that area. But um, what was I saying? You're looking for sponsors and oh, sponsors. Anybody? Um, would like to be part of this movie or if you know of anyone that wants to be somehow involved um, We can help each other. So let me get that out there. Yeah, I am thinking already of a few people that Like I'll put in the show notes like where to find you and who you're looking for specifically So hopefully we could find people because I think this is I think it's so important. That's such a that's such a good point that it's it's not just it's dynamic It's dynamic people that struggle too. It's everyone that can struggle or who right. is struggling and that's really important right yeah so um i'll be having auditions in september in two weeks or so and um i'll have uh we're gonna be starting to film right after circus wow that's so much fun so the, how long does it take to make the movie um the process is about a year a year and a half depends on how long I stretch it out but if I try and really rush and make it happen quickly it's a year because I started writing the script a few months ago and I'll be done soon then comes the auditions and setting up the filming process the filming process itself is about two months after that comes the editing process which is a few months wow. so if, if it if it can show for Pesach That'll be amazing, and then that'll be about a year because I started writing it about after Pesach time. Wow, that's I, I can't wait to see it. Um, I also wanted to ask you a question. I see you on Instagram a lot, like going to like schools and camps, right? And yeah, is that what what else do you do besides for the filmmaking? So I'm an aerobics instructor. I'm a dance teacher. I give drama workshops. Um, I do many different forms of dance, like tap dancing, um, country line dance, Israeli dance, wedding dancing. Um, so that's what I do. I go to camps and I do different styles of dance and I do um, drama workshops, which is a very popular one right now. Mm -hmm. And where, where do you get this like positive, like upbeat energy from like were your parents like this like is it natural like I, I love watching you on Instagram you're so much fun and making everyone laugh and happy it's it's so it's comforting actually thank you so much that's such a nice thing to say um I I think it's a combination of how I was born naturally because my parents are like that um it's a combination of that and how I was brought up and I guess a little bit about being self-aware, mm -hmm. you know, you know, um, to the, you know, like the saying, like, um, today I'm choosing to be happy. Mm -hmm. So there are some days that I have to choose it. Some days it comes naturally and I'm just naturally upbeat and just so, you know, 
And some days I have to choose it because we all have things going on in our lives and I have things going on in mine too that sometimes bring me down and I have to say to myself, but actually say it to myself, Malki, you have a reason to be miserable today, but you're not going to be. Ready, set, go, smile. Smile, force it, force it, and then you'll feel it. And I choose, I choose not to, you know, be like that. So the idea of um, feel it, whatever you're feeling, feel it. It's okay. This is what I always say, just don't sit in it. Just don't sit in it. Don't get comfortable in it and sit in it. Don't sit in your own muck. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say. Just don't sit in it. Crawl out. Crawl out. Whatever it takes. Crawl. Slither. Get on your knees and just get out. Whatever it takes, get out of it. Um, so, you know, this is, um, of course, it's, it's, not so, it's not so easy for everybody. But um, we all go through our stuff. So I, I just, um, I, I, what you're seeing isn't fake. I really am very, very happy because I'm choosing to be. And um, on Instagram, I feel like I don't want to bore people with, you know, hi, I'm sitting now, now I'm eating, now I'm going, I'm going to sit down now, now I'm going to go out. Oh, look, I'm eating a sandwich. Oh, okay. Now, oh, look who I see. Look who I met. Oh, look, this is a flower. You know, I feel like people don't want to see that. And I know people are watching me because they want to be entertained. Right. So in a way, Instagram is, is a stage for me. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't perform anything that's going to bore people. <laughs> so That makes sense. Right. Um, okay, so thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything you want to uh, leave the listeners with besides for all the amazing stuff that, that we talked about? Oh, thank you. Um, so tell me again who I'm speaking to, as in what's, what's our listener, uh, what, are, what are our viewers? A little bit about them. They're women, they're in our community. Yes, they're- yes. So, good question. Um, so... So this is our first time sort of meeting, except that we met at the video, the movie that Tamar was in, uh, but we never really schmoozed. So I, I'm a registered dietitian and I do something called intuitive eating, which we spoke a little bit about before we started recording. And uh, my podcast is a lot about intuitive eating, making peace with food for people who struggle with chronic dieting, disordered eating, and eating disorders, mostly in the firm community, but I don't just treat people in the firm community. And, um, but besides for that, I am really, really passionate about from female entrepreneurship, uh, probably just because I, I would say that it's just the way that like Hesha made me, like, I just really enjoy like doing my own thing. I love, I love to write. I love to speak to people. I love to read different ideas, listen to podcasts. Um, I love to talk about like self-care and becoming a better mother, becoming a better wife, becoming a better person. That's sort of like uh, my passion. So I've sort of combined those two things, like let's say intuitive eating, making peace with food and making peace with yourself. And that is what I do in my practice, like talking a lot about self-care and getting to know yourself and self-awareness and how that spills over into other areas of your life. So I think that my listenership is sort of a combination of people looking for intuitive eating and also 
from female entrepreneurship, basically. Right. Okay, great. Um, so I'll just leave a couple of messages, things that I think might be applicable to them. In regards to food, I don't stop eating for one second. I don't stop for a second. I just keep away from milk, mm -hmm. white flour, and sugar. And then I eat all day. Don't stop. I go from whole grains to fruits to vegetables all day. You should see me. I go from cherries to apples to watermelon to smoothies to juices to uh, dried fruits to um, you know raw seeds and nuts. And I'm not overweight. And um, my thing is don't restrict anything. Just take out three things out of your diet: sugar, white flour, flour in general, and um, milk products. They're not good for you. I know that people say they are good for you. They're not good for you. Um, so that's my thing, and that's how I do my my me. That's how I do me um, in terms of food. Um, uh, in terms of entrepreneurship, you, you should go for whatever you believe in. Definitely. Definitely. I think oh. you inspired me, like, because when I started my business, I was, like, just, like, tiptoeing around it. And then, like, I was, like, no, I really need to invest and spend time. And thank God, like, it's taken off. But it was really hard. Really, really hard. And then I'll also say success isn't measured by... If you're measuring your success by how much money you're making, then you may, if your goal is to make money, um, that's a different story. But if your goal is to do something you're passionate about, to love what you're doing, and you feel like you're making a difference in anybody's life on this earth, um, then the money will come eventually, even if in the beginning you're not seeing money. Um, it's not about money, right? So if I measured my success by how much money my movies made, I'd be in trouble. If I measure my success by how many people have approached me and said I changed their life because of the, because of the movies and how I am helping them to not watch other movies because they have my movies, um, et cetera, then I am extremely successful. So according to my husband, he calls me a nonprofit organization. <laughs> Um, and I let him say that and I don't care. I just laugh at him. Who cares? I don't care because I know that what I'm doing um, is successful. So if your goal is only to make money and you're not making it the first year, you'll think you're, you're a failure. But if you're loving what you're doing and the feedback that you're getting is great and whatever you aspire to do, you're actually doing, you're a success. You are a success. Just keep going for it. Now, if you need it specifically because it needs to feed your family, then I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't have that problem because, you know, my husband brings in a decent living. He's an accountant. We're not rich, but we're comfortable. So I don't have that problem. So it might be easy for me to say. Um, but like I said, it depends how you measure success. So that's my little thought for the day I will, I will just say if you if you have time like um on the topic of like um going for it and money and all that stuff it's it's very true that like I worked with a lot of business coaches throughout my starting my business and 
it's interesting that yeah they help you with um a marketing strategy and all those things but they also really work on your money mindset and that's it like let's say you do need money to feed your family depending that's um relative but um there's also like you know con the concept of like delegating your money to where you, you best you, you'd best um benefit so like um when you are doing something that you love and you're passionate about and you're putting out like that to the world it usually does come back to you just getting over that hump of like not seeing the money in the bank account is probably the hardest part especially if you if you have any sort of financial anxiety but i'll say that exposure therapy helps and it's amazing is to see and besides for the money you're right like the feedback like when i get the same thing when i get the feedback and and it's like it changes my whole day and my whole world because i'm able to help someone and um on that note like when i came to the movie that my sister was in um which was incredible it was called hello tomorrow goodbye today right did i say it right it's just called hello tomorrow hello tomorrow okay um like at tomorrow my sister introduced me to you and she's like you have to be monkey she's amazing and like the whole room was like electric you know and like you can't like you can't put a price to that like everybody was so excited and there were so much tears and laughter in the room and like there's just nothing like that it was such a cathartic experience for for me and i'm sure everyone in the room so um thank you for all that you do sure and thank you for having me sure and i want to say one more thing for the listeners also when it comes to what you choose to eat so so for my approach is completely non-diet and non-restrictive but um everybody does what works for them i just want to say that because some people will hear somebody restricting and find it triggering so mm -hmm. i just wanted to say that for the listeners mm -hmm. um and I will also say for the listeners, I've had other people say things like similar to that who don't necessarily follow the intuitive eating approach. Uh, but I personally don't have a problem with putting it on my podcast because I think that we live in a world where we all have different opinions and different approaches. So that's important. So I just wanted to say that. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm going to put all, the, all your information in the show notes so people could find you. Oh, thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me. It was really sure. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a good day. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day. One more thing about this episode. Uh, I really appreciate you being here and listening. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as following me on Instagram. And I want to say another thing about this specific episode that um, Maki and I discussed a little bit about her nutrition philosophy. Now, not all my guests are know about intuitive eating or believe in the concept of intuitive eating, but my personal brand and my personal belief is that we can learn from everyone and they might not believe everything that we believe, but that doesn't mean we can't glean a lot of, a lot of life lessons. So I just wanted to, I didn't take out that part, but um, if it is triggering to you, I understand maybe something to address, but I don't think, I don't believe that we have to take out all those other things. We could just hear them as they come and decide how we are going to process it. Okay, have a great day.